Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. Today on the show, I have a very special guest. You might know her as Sophie's Horse Tales on Instagram or from her blog, Sophie's Horse Tales Online. Sophie is an incredible horsewoman. If you follow her, you know just how revolutionary she really is. Her blog is fantastic, and her energy work with horses and horse quote-unquote training, all of that is just absolutely inspiring to me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been a huge, uh, I guess, follower on Instagram, but also just a big fan of yours for a really long time. That's really nice. And yeah, I feel the same way about you, actually. I've been following you for, I don't know, two, three years or something. Ah, so cool. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the best part about social media. Because sometimes I'm... Um, Sorry, what were you saying? (laughs) Oh, no, I just completely agree with you. Because I've got to know so many nice people that I would have never known otherwise. So yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I feel like you've... um, Have you gone and visited a lot of people? I feel like uh, I see you traveling. Not a lot, but uh, I've been to Sweden uh, to visit one, and she came to me like half a year later and stayed at my place. And I've been talking to a few people, and we've met in Gotland at the medieval week. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so I've met quite a lot, actually. All the medieval stuff on Instagram is so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. It's quite special, you know, because lots of people don't really get it, but... Uh, like meeting up with other people who like the same thing and just like entering a different age or some kind. It's yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it it's um you know, cuz where I live, it's not really the like I don't know where I'd go to meet with horse people like that here. But every mm-hmm. time I see it on Instagram, I'm like, I want to ride in a cape on my horse (laughs) (laughs) and a huge skirt. It's like touring a paraterial or something. Yeah, I love it. Like I've I've dressed up here with the horses. I used to do it a lot more where I would like dress up in in skirts and capes and like pretend like I was running through a video game or or, like through ancient times. But I was usually by myself and it looks so much more fun to do it with people. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. It's because I've been to the medieval week at Gotland. It's in Sweden. I've been there twice by now. And uh, it's just like, I don't know, thousands of people who are dressed up in, in medieval clothes. And like, it's an old castle and near the water. And yeah, it's really nice. It's so cool. Very authentic. <laughs> Have you ever brought yeah. your horses to one of those? Uh, no, I haven't. There are not that many horses up there, actually, but some of the knights bring their horses for the tournaments and stuff. Jousting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. also, I I love your horses from afar. I feel like you have such um, amazing horses and obviously such an incredible connection with them that, yeah, like I said, it really inspires me to look at what you're doing and... And I honestly don't spend that much time on social media, like looking at other people's accounts. Um, Mm. And I don't, yeah, I just, I've been trying to spend less time, but I always check your account because I feel like it's very (laughs) authentic and it's very real. And I relate so much to the things you're talking about. And we've kind of touched on that before, um, 
like just texting back and forth about some of these things. But um, I would love to talk to you about it because I'm just personally like dying to uh, to get to know your thoughts. Yeah, and I'm really glad you're saying that because I mean, one of the greatest like one of my main focuses on social media is to really be authentic and not like make it look like everything is amazing and I've got it all figured out because certainly I don't. <laughs> and so yeah, it's really nice to hear that it seems that way from the outside as well. Yeah, I and think it I, does. I totally feel the same way about your account. I think that's just recently I I stopped following lots of people. It was like I used to follow like 200 and now I'm like 50 people or something. Oh, so if yes. I, I've unfollowed like 150 people because I was like, I, really, I don't really like the energy in their account or it like it's it um, it's disturbing my own process of some kind and. Yeah, so you're one of the, well, uh, you know, um, persons who stayed on my <laughs> list. I'm so but, happy to be part of yeah, your 50. Lots of people had to go because I felt like it disturbed me. See, yeah. I, I feel so aligned with you. I feel like from your account, I feel such a connection to so many things you say because I also, now I'm like, oh my God, I need to get down to 50. But um, I did the same thing. <laughs> I, I was following like 600 people and I just hadn't oh, like, wow. yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> And I just hadn't gone through it, you know, because I wasn't, when I started the Instagram, I was really not thinking about like who I'm following or who I'm not following. And I realized I had just gotten all these accounts and it's not that I don't, you know, like these accounts, but I really only want my feed to have things that I really feel aligned with that really feel good. And there's almost like this guilt around Instagram of if you unfollow someone, it means you're rejecting them. Or if you get unfollowed, um, but going through, I got down to 200, so I still have 150 oh. to go. <laughs> yeah, I know, um, but still quite a lot you've, like, removed from your page. I did. And and it was, like, no, um, you know, it's no uh, reflection of anyone I unfollowed. And it was a good reminder for me that I wasn't unfollowing people because I didn't like them or because oh. I wanted to reject them. It was just what felt good for me and what I wanted to have in my feed and really just about me. And it kind of reminded me too that, you know, whether people are following you or not following you, it's not really personal because it's about how they're relating. So it was like a good lesson on both sides. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I think lots of people online struggle with the whole thing about being followed or unfollowed. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, if if somebody unfollow them, they are like, oh, something's wrong with me or what I share is not good enough or yeah, stuff like that. And I think it's really important to remember that even if somebody unfollow you, it just might be because you are not really aligning with them anymore or whatever you're sharing doesn't resonate with their journey or doesn't have to do with you but perhaps it's disturbing them in some way as well yeah and I love the idea that it's really not actually about you like that's yeah. something I feel with my account too I want it to be as a fun I want it to be as authentic as possible um, but I also know that it's not me you know my worth isn't in it and I think that's the that's always the struggle and the balance of like, I want to be engaged with Instagram because sometimes I go through periods where I'm like, 
I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be on social media. I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm not really feeling this, but I think the balance has come for me of share and like use it for a tool, like for connecting with you and for seeing all these people that inspire me, but don't put my worth in it, which I think is harder said than done a lot of the times, but it's important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more actually, (laughs) because, you know, um, it's like, I have some of the people I chose to unfollow. It wasn't because I didn't like what they do or didn't enjoy what they were writing or anything, but some of them had different focuses from me or perhaps I just, you know, moved in another direction than from what I used to. And suddenly it was like every time I saw their post, it like gave me, uh, it made me feel bad in some way because I was like, oh, no, I didn't go to the gym today or I didn't train my horses today or I'm not competing or you know whatever it is so it wasn't that what they did was not nice in any way perhaps they were really good trainers or nice people but it just didn't leave me behind with a good feeling of my own journey if that makes sense oh it makes perfect sense to me I feel you so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah I yeah I love that um and not to jump into a crazy segue, but I something I've also seen on your social media and we have also talked about is uh, you've moved with your horses. And I feel like a lot of things have changed for you in, I guess, the past few months. And yeah, it's got your photos are just incredible. And I think what really comes through is through your writing and through your photos, um, I feel like you're tapping into something even more profound and you were already like tapping into something insanely profound so (laughs) it's watching you transform on Instagram like that's something that very much inspires me and I'm curious how the move has been for you and what it's been like and what has been changing with you and your horses yeah I'm actually really glad you're bringing this up because it's been life-changing to me and to the horses as well but you know you're absolutely right in what you're saying and that's how it feels for me as well that things have been changing a lot and my focus has been changing and my dreams and visions, everything has just been torn apart from the, what they used to be and made into something completely new. And um, like moving them was in the beginning, it wasn't like my own choice because we couldn't, I couldn't have them uh, where they used to live anymore because uh, some changes, changes were made at the farm where they used to stay. Um, and suddenly this opportunity showed to me and I was like, I need to give this a try, even if it doesn't work out, I just need to try it out to like give my horses back their freedom and, and see how they respond to it and allow them to just be horses and walk around and eat whenever they feel like it and seek water and shelter and all the natural things. Um, and actually they were they impressed me quite a lot because even from day one in this huge 40 hectares pasture they just seemed to be really good at it like it was so natural for them to just eat when they needed sleep when they needed they weren't like going crazy as they used to do when they were allowed to go to the grass pastures yeah um so yeah that was quite impressive actually and uh it's just 
from that day, everything just slowly progressed towards greater being and less doing, and they started to settle down a lot more than previously. Mm -hmm. And some of the small things that had, I wouldn't say problems, but like minor details that I could have lived without previously, (laughs) like Torin having a lot of energy and frustration in his body or Mm -hmm. stuff like that, it just vanished completely. Because of our move, it wasn't. It was the only thing we changed, and suddenly everything that used to be a problem just vanished. Yeah. Completely. Once they were, I mean, it looks like where they are, they're really living as horses are meant to live. Exactly. It really feels that way, and I, I was already when we moved them, people started asking me like, "Where are you going afterwards?" And I just, all the time, I've had this feeling that I don't need to focus on this right now I just need to live in the moment and enjoy this opportunity and see wherever it leads me yeah so that's what I'm currently doing or trying (laughs) to do (laughs) I feel so um I I feel so aligned with you um because I think I've I see a lot of the things that you are questioning and a lot of the things that you are discovering and I feel very much in sync and on a very similar path. And one of the big questions I've been asking myself is when our horses are fully, when their needs are fully met without us, when they're fully living as horses, when they don't need us in a way to fill these gaps in their lives because they are fully, um, fully satisfied and fully being a horse where's our relationship then? And, and, you know, what do, how does that change how we relate to them? How does it change how they relate to us? And, and I've been really focusing more on, like you said, the, what does it mean to really be with horses versus what does it mean to do with horses? And Yeah. yeah, I, I've loved watching this, um, this process for you because I'm about to move and, and I think for about two years now, these questions have really been on my mind and kind of the training aspects of things have been less of my focus and the the like urge and the need to look for something deeper has really been uh, prevalent for me. And yeah. in the beginning, I was really resistant to it because I I was kind of, you know, questioning even the need to train and that was kind of like an identity crisis for me because <laughs> I was like, if I'm, you know, here I am, I'm very heavily identified as like Liberty horsemanship trainer, you know, in quotes, if I'm questioning yeah. my need to even train horses, then who am I? And I, <laughs> yeah. I had so much wrapped up in that, that I think for a whole year, I was um, really unable to face in some ways the the deeper levels I wanted to question things and the things I wanted to explore. And ever since letting that kind of go and allowing myself the permission to question again and to ask myself these questions and to, you know, free the horses on a whole nother level, I don't feel like I have the answers figured out yet, but I feel really open to the process of discovering what this means. And that's where I feel like you're in the same 
boat. Yeah, me too, actually. It's like I relate so much to what you're saying. And it's like from from the time when I moved them, they they are all alone in this huge pasture. Actually, we're supposed to live with some cows, but they haven't arrived yet due to like the weather has been so unlike what it's usually here in Denmark. So they're all alone in this huge pasture, just the two of them right now. And um, they weren't aware with where they could find the water and where to seek shelter and everything. So during the first few weeks, I was going there two or three times a day to just show them down to the water and make sure they got some water and yeah, just generally checking up on them. Yeah. And um, it was like slowly they started to realize that every time I got there, the only thing we were doing, we were just doing natural stuff, like finding out what they needed or just hanging out or they were really tired due to the huge changes. So they were sleeping a lot. So I was just laying on the grass, sleeping with them and, you know, no expectations whatsoever and no plans or everything. Um, and slowly it was as if they realized that we were just in this state of being together. It was just like a complete flow where sometimes they showed me the way and other times I were the one who knew where to find the things they needed. And step by step, they just started following me around. And it was like we could go for walks walks in the, uh, inside their pasture because it's huge. So without ropes or halters or anything, we could just walk together and explore some of the places where neither of us has been. Um, and we started going for walks outside the pasture as well. And that was sort of the only thing we did. And actually it still is because we don't have any arena or riding uh, arena or anything. So yeah, it's just like the need to train the horses just lost its purpose to me actually. And it seems that it, it's the same way for them actually. They don't really seem to miss it because they just enjoy the company and just hanging out together and going for walks at liberty. And it's, yeah. it's it like it holds something so much greater and more meaningful to me. And I never knew until I suddenly were in the middle of the situation. But now I just can't imagine myself going back some way. It's just yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> I, oh, I love it. And um, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting to me as you've talked about, I think on your Instagram and just right now too, the fact that the horses aren't um, missing it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the, their needs being fulfilled is really interesting to me because I've discovered that horses that are in a little more of like a conventional how we keep horses where, you know, they might have limited things to do or yeah. um, limited horse behavior, the training yeah. comes in and they really, really crave it. And yeah, it's absolutely. A, yeah, it's like this great, um, it's this great like enrichment 
in their life and something that's important for them. But that's where I think it kind of shifts and changes when they feel fully fulfilled that the drive for that might shift a little. Not to say that they won't enjoy the play or that they won't enjoy the training, but I have loved your reflection on that. And that is actually what I'm kind of planning on doing. We're about to move and we're, um, I'm setting up this ranch in Southern California that uh, I'm so grateful because I'm getting to set it up exactly how I want. And I want to give oh, them... That's amazing. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm like so stoked. We're moving this month. And, and I, that's how I wanted to design it was a way that they were completely fulfilled um, and free to be horses on their own. And so when I would come into them, I'm coming in just as myself, not as something that they necessarily need or need to get something out of, but someone who's just going to meet them there in the herd and giving them freedom and choice like your horses have. Yeah, that's amazing. I really love that. And I think one of the, one of the greatest things I explored during this whole change in our big move was that um, even though I wouldn't say that neither of my horses have ever been stressed or anything, Mm -hmm. but it was like doing lots of positive reinforcement. They were like often suggesting things and, oh, look at me, I can do this and that and this and that. And, you know, I I loved it. It was wonderful. And uh, I've always seen it as a really great sign that they were like offering stuff and seem to have fun but from the day we moved they completely stopped offering anything at all they just were and that's it they stopped offering spanish steps or laying down or whatever trick it might be and they just went into a state of completely being and just relaxation and um it was really eye-opening to me because I never realized how much, um, not the bad kind of stress, but still some kind of stress had, had been there like all the time. And I never noticed until suddenly it was gone. And it was just such a relief for me to be there and know that I wouldn't have to like praise them at the right time or notice their tricks or just, you know, I could just be and I could just sit down with my eyes closed and they just either keep grazing by my side or go to sleep or which just it just uh things just change it's hard to put into words actually but it was it was a special moment to me because i never saw it as a problem and so i don't think it ever was but the way it is just now just seems so much more right to me in some way ah Yes, I I relate so much. Um, What, for you, um, and this shift in your relationship, have you found it more fulfilling? And, like, obviously you, um, it's feeling very right to you, and it sounds absolutely beautiful. And I'm curious what you take out of it in a different way now and what you find fulfilling in it 
Mm, I think perhaps the most fulfilling thing about the way we're together now is that I feel like I can see them uh, much more as who they really are. They are not covered up in things they believe they're supposed to do or things they've taught or anything. They're just being themselves, absolutely themselves, and so am I. And that way it just becomes a much deeper meeting in some way. Mm-hmm. And it has allowed us to gain some kind of deeper connection or trust in between all of us and now I can like take out one of them and the other one will like out of the picture and the other one will just tag along instead of you know splitting up and walking in another direction it's like we've melded together or something because we're not actually depending on each other but still in some way it's like we've become more of a herd that rather than me just coming in and out of their lives and doing some training thing or whatever it's yeah I think that's probably the the greatest change for me in all of this I love that I I I love and totally agree with the feeling of you're seeing them even more for who they really are and like uncovering them another level of of who they are and valuing them for who they are I and it has it has like it has uh, opened up another opportunity for this I've started doing this intuitive body work on horses Mm -hmm. um so it's some kind of mix between fascia release and healing and energy work and something I don't really know what is but the horses really love it and it feels amazing for me as well to support them in releasing tension and relaxing and just being completely present and being well in their bodies and just a few weeks before we moved uh, I had a massage therapist visiting the horses Mm -hmm. and Torin he was literally all over the place he just couldn't stand still because he was just so impatient and just couldn't be there really he couldn't find the peace in his body Um, and it has been like that most of the time when he has been treated by anyone, not in the pasture, then he has always been able to relax. But outside the pasture, it's like there has been some underlying stress in him all the time or overload of energy or something that made sure that he could not just settle and be still. And now he just comes to me at complete liberty in all of this huge piece of land and he just places him places himself right in front of me and i can just stand there and do body work on him for hours and he's just standing there sleeping yawning he's just it's like a different horse really it's yeah amazing that sounds like such a huge difference it is it's quite amazing and like the only thing we've changed is that suddenly he can move around in like a 
bigger piece of land and he can just be even more natural. He used to live outside all the time as well, but certainly this is different for him in so many ways because he's he has become a different horse in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I sort of feel like 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 I've like gotten another horse in some ways yeah. because <laughs> some of his frustration or his um he can be very much his own sometimes. It's not always that he thinks cooperation is the best idea because he's like, oh, I have an idea and I'm going for it. I don't care what you're saying. <laughs> and um, and that's just almost gone as well. Sometimes, of course, he is having a, an idea and he's just following it. But that's not that how he is. But at least now it arises from a level of him really feeling his own needs and not from from overload of frustration or too much energy he can't get out or it's yeah. in a much much healthier way now and that's that's wonderful really to be around him like that instead because he seems to be so much more comfortable uh in everyone's presence as well yeah it sounds like he's really like settling into himself as well and feeling yeah. fully accepted there completely and it's it's so special to see and he's become like he's always been very social and everything but i can trust him with other people so much more now because he has found this inner piece of inner state of peace piece of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and that's that's really special. Yeah, that so, yeah. <laughs> idea of um, like th- the idea of like an underlying hum of frustration or yeah. stress um, is something that I feel like, like when I switched from pressure and release and negative reinforcement to positive reinforcement, I saw a huge shift from the level of stress in Annie and and in the horses around me, you know, all the ones that I was kind of working with. And it was beautiful to see, like, it's almost like I didn't understand the level of frustration and stress they had before because I didn't yeah. have a, a gauge, you know. And when I took it away and they were and, – and then I was using positive reinforcement, I saw all of the – the little signs of stress I hadn't seen before. And I think what's different now and what's interesting, and I I guess what can be kind of hard to face again, because, you know, it was hard the first time to, to face that what I was doing and how I was interacting with them would be causing them any stress. Um, To see and understand now that even in positive reinforcement, there can be this level of stress of, you know, offering the, the tricks all the time and like wanting to prove, like wanting to be something, which, you know, I think, I think coming from like pressure and release to positive reinforcement, I think is one of the biggest shifts in the horse world. That's going to change so many horses lives and it's changed my horses lives. Yeah. And my life. And I think it's this huge shift that is, that really helps enrich their life and really gives them more say, but I do feel like now I'm at this other point where I feel like you are too, that 
even in positive reinforcement, although it's totally like one of the best decisions I think you can um, do as far as training wise, um, even in positive reinforcement, there is still this level of stress that perhaps I didn't want to see or I didn't want to face. And like I said, the past few years, it's been kind of inevitable and kind of um, hard for me to face the fact that there might be another level of freedom that I needed to um, explore. And Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. Like you said, another level of freedom. I think that that really says it all, actually. And, you know, because I felt the same way when I started transitioning from pressure release and into like almost completely positive reinforcement based training. And I always saw it as a good sign when the horses were offering their tricks and showing off. And, you know, I enjoyed watching them and they seemed to have fun as well. But as you're saying, it's, it wasn't until I suddenly found myself on the other side, like I could look at the whole positive reinforcement thing from an outer point of view. And I realized that even though it still holds so many amazing aspects, uh, it was still, at least to me, it was still missing something. Mm-hmm. And and even though the horses were acting from a place of, you know, feeling good about themselves, it was still from a place of, yeah, acting because they were trying to live up to certain expectations or like be good enough to get another treat or whatever it might be. Yeah. And that causes some kind of stress. Like I think it's inevitable to cause some kind of stress that way as well. But I completely agree that positive reinforcement is one of the best things that has ever happened to the world of horse people. So I, I would never like recommend anybody to not do it it's just i would encourage people to look beyond and not stop their journey there but see what can i what can i move towards to go even further down into this yes that that is exactly my my feelings too i think it was interesting because when like a few years ago i started um looking for something beyond or feeling like I had to face something beyond I you know people usually know Annie and Annie like really knows a lot and we've been doing this for a really long time together and it's wonderful and I have my baby she's not really a baby anymore she's five but Leah (laughs) um was my baby that I I had Leah and then I got Moon and they're both um they're both five and And I was kind of hard on myself in the beginning because I was like, why am I not feeling driven to train? Like, why, why is this feeling inauthentic to me right now? Because I, it was sort of like when I started doing positive reinforcement and sometimes I would be told I was ruining my horse or I was, um, you know, I was kind of, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. So in some ways I was failing them. I think I felt a similar pressure that I didn't have a drive to want to train them so much. I really wanted to sit out with Leah in the pasture and know her and accept her on this other level. Um, and it almost like it, 
it kind of triggered this guilt in me that I wasn't doing enough. And, you know, as I came to like accept where I am more and, and be open to the possibility of, of the horsemanship continuing to transform because, you know, we, we're constantly on this road and stop resisting that, I found something with the horses that was so much more profound, um, which is very much how you explain feeling out with your horses in the pasture, where I, I wanted to go out at night under the stars and just sleep with them. And so instead of training during the day, I started just going out and being with them and sleeping with them under the stars and, and knowing them on this other level where I was having a hard time getting myself to go in and do these things. And now that I'm more open to it, I, I've really been kind of exploring the idea of domestication, both for humans and for horses. And I don't know, have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so, actually. It's a good book for people who want to uh, look into that. But yeah. he basically talks about in the beginning the domestication of humans and about how when we're young, we're told what is wrong, but we're also told what is right. And oh, yeah. we're conditioned both through basically, like if you apply it to this kind of training idea, like with negative reinforcement and with positive reinforcement, we're shaped into who the, these ideas of what we're meant to be and in some ways mm. disregarding who we really are. And it really struck me on this level that it wasn't just the negative reinforcement of how we're supposed to be um, because we're being told we shouldn't do this or we're being pressured into this, but also how are we being rewarded for being yeah. a way that we're not or being a certain way that can maybe take us from our true nature. And that's what I've been really questioning with the horses Again, not to say that positive reinforcement is um, bad in any way because I also love it. And I think there's certainly times and places where I think it's the one of the best solutions. Um, Absolutely. But also, I think now with the place I'm at with my horses, I have to question my desire to condition them in either way. My condition to condition them with negative reinforcement or my need to condition them with positive reinforcement, just the idea of conditioning for training is, I'm very much questioning it. My, my personal need to do that anymore and what that means for us and what it means for me with the idea of, you know, I'm, I'm looking at domestication and also looking at the idea of rewilding so rewilding myself and what does it mean to rewild myself and to be my most authentic free version and what does it mean to rewild my horses and absolutely I've... i really i really follow you in in this thought and i think the whole idea about the domestication thing is really interesting actually and you know i don't think that with the positive reinforcement that people think this thought that actually they're not only praising the horses, but they are actually domesticating them and sort of indirectly 
telling them everything that's wrong as well by not praising them. Yeah. And I think that's pretty essential, actually, because, yeah, still, I, I do think the positive reinforcement holds lots of great things. But I think at the same time that it's really important to be aware that every time we're not praising them and only telling them, oh, you're a good boy for like the things we want, we're still telling them wrong in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. The idea of good and bad, you know, yeah. that because to imply that something is good is also to imply that there's a bad or that yeah, there's a wrong. Exactly. <laughs> it's quite a paradox. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's again, like there are definitely things I'm still using positive reinforcement for, like yeah, for things too. that, yeah, like um, vet things or trimming their hooves or all of these things that I think, you know, for a horse in our domestic um, living situation, some things that we need to be able to do that help yeah. their well-being. But I'm questioning now more, you know, where do we put these um, these conditions on that serve the horse because yeah. of like these fundamental needs and where are we doing it out of, you know, a different intention? And again, there's nothing wrong or right about our, about when we use it. But for myself, I'm, I'm kind of not feeling the urge to, to condition them in a way that's just for training or, and, and it switches because for some of my horses or not for my horses, but for some of my clients, for a horse that maybe is in less freedom than my horses are. The play is really important because it's this enrichment that if they don't come out and play with positive reinforcement, they don't really get that. And those yeah. horses kind of crave it. And I want to give them, you know, what they want with that. And I want to fulfill that need if it can't be fulfilled elsewhere. So I think a lot of Absolutely. it has to do with, yeah, like the housing. Yeah. And I think that's really essential, actually, because, you know, I don't think we can start questioning the whole training horses and positive reinforcement thing without questioning the way we keep horses as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, where do we allow them to live? How much space do we give them? How many natural needs do we make sure they have fulfilled in the way they live their normal life? Because until the point where we start questioning how we treat them like which living conditions we allow, allow them um i don't really think we're always able or it's not fair to take out completely the training playing part because they would re be really bored yes and, and life would be like sad for them because they would just be standing in like a small squared pasture and be bored or they perhaps even alone um, yes. And then I think absolutely that training or playing, as I like to call it, is essential to give them some sort of life purpose. Yes, I, I agree so completely. And that's where I think it's really like, it, this is so about where I am with my horses. And it gives me more insight on, um, you know, people who just can't maybe give their horses, you know, a full on pasture where they can live 
yeah. you know, completely free. And I, that's so understandable to me. Yeah. And I think in those situations, you know, we can, we can strive to kind of give them these more of these freedoms and more of this natural lifestyle as kind of our, our, our aim. But if that's not yeah. possible, that's okay. And like positive reinforcement and um, play in that way is such a good um, kind of supplement to bring in and can really like add to a horse's life so much. Yes, no doubt about that. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And another thing I found that was really interesting when I moved the horses and stopped doing any sort of training, playing, whatever, I, I as well stopped bringing any treats with me and mm -hmm. only their vitamins and minerals and stuff. And what I realized was that not only had some kind of underlying stress been present uh, in their bodies or minds due to thinking they had to do lots of things, but also without noticing, I had used the treats to like add up to my value. Yeah, uh, It was like they helped me feel like, oh, I'm worth coming towards because I do have treats or, you know, it was like, Suddenly, I found myself feeling sort of naked because I was only me and I had nothing to offer but my presence and perhaps my hands. And that was it. And uh, and they came to me and they wanted my, present, uh, my presence and they just really enjoyed walking with me at liberty and just we could just follow each other around. And there was nothing in it. Or, you know, nothing yeah. I could give them apart from just myself. And it was such a relief for me because suddenly I realized that I was completely enough. Yeah. You know? And yeah. they, they didn't want anything from me. And they just enjoyed it when I was there. And they just... And then sometimes they came... Or they do come trotting or cantering to me and other times they're just busy eating and they will just stay where they are and keep eating and I will walk to them until they come to say hello but you know I stopped taking it personal because I knew that they were doing their thing and there was nothing more to it because there were not anything that could trick them into wanting to be with me or anything it was just me and them and nothing in between man I relate so much to you um yeah I, I think it's interesting because everything you just said about how you felt with you about you know you come and you're enough and you don't need to bring anything and to yeah. the table in that way it's the same relief of pressure we're giving on them that there's nothing exactly. they have to bring to you to be worth exactly. it and yeah. I think I felt you know the same thing with like the guilt of when I first started questioning this like I'm not doing enough with them I'm not you know like why don't I want to play with Leah in this way like am I doing something wrong or am I not bringing enough or am I not doing enough and the idea of self-worth I think is so linked here because coming to the horses, like 
I started I not coming to Leah or Moon or India because they're in the same pasture um, with treats and just coming with myself only. And I totally relate to the feeling of being like, is this enough for them? Like if they come over to me and I don't have treats or I don't have something to give them, are they yeah, like, exactly. will that be such a rejection or am I not like good enough right now? And yeah. to have that be proven the opposite, you know, and them still want to be with me. And again, also be okay. Like you said, if they don't come up to me, if one day they don't come up to me and the next day they follow me all around or the next day after that, I follow them. Yeah. There's this authenticity and this inherent enoughness on all of our parts that we just get to truly enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Inherent enoughness. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I've been I feel like with every new level, um, I come back to things I've said before with like a new understanding. So the idea of freedom, you know, when I first started positive reinforcement, I explored the idea of freedom in a way that felt super authentic and super liberating and important to me at the time. And now I'm coming back to the idea of freedom on a whole nother level. And it's different than when I first came to it. And both of them were valid, you know, at the time of my understanding. But I feel like a big one I'm coming to now is unconditional love. Because I've talked about unconditional love a lot. And all of that has been very true to what I felt and believed at the time. And I feel like now coming to it with these new ideas, I'm really like looking into it on this another, another level of what does it mean to love truly unconditionally and to take off the conditions of training or of playing and to take off the, the conditions of what I need to be doing or they need to be doing. And what does it mean to come to the horse with truly unconditional love and come to myself too with that same, that same love. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been like another huge lesson of the horse because everything I'm questioning and thinking about now in regards to them is so relevant to how I feel about myself. Yes, I really relate to that. And, you know, one of the funny things was that Uh, more than a year ago I started writing on a book project and at the time I was having this idea that uh, this book would be not like a guide but like starting from the very first meeting with an with a horse and then proceeding from there on but it was not like any techniques or anything but just from a philosophical level Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah it does um (laughs) and and then I was have taking like a few months break from this whole book project. And I have had written like more than hundred pages. And suddenly when I moved the horses, I just went crazy riding again. But this time it was like a completely different book. And now I'm just sort of split up because <laughs> like the first half of the book is one thing. And 
what I've been writing the past few months ever since our move is just something completely different. And suddenly it it went from being like uh, horse training philosophy and into just life lessons, really. Girl, I it has nothing you. to do with horses anymore, <laughs> but only like lessons from the horse. But it had it has nothing to do with the horses themselves in that way. It's just <laughs> so many things of importance that we can like take in in our own lives as human beings in the yeah. human world. And so I'm just yeah, I don't know what to do with my book project <laughs> now because I've just got half of each and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh my god, girl, yeah. I feel you so much. I also I also have been working on a book project for like many years now and I came into the exact same struggle and I'm like now every time I sit down to want to write about horses, I don't write about horses because it's I, I find myself writing about like self-worth and about um, about human stuff. I'm learning from the horses and oh, I just relate to yeah, you so exactly. much. And it's so, yeah. I, I love that because I knew you were working on that project and I was really excited and um yeah, the thing is there's so much truth probably in all that you've written because the the knowledge on horsemanship is important. And you know, there's certain times where like like me like however many years ago when I started would have loved to have a guide like that, you know? Because I wouldn't have been yeah. ready for the idea of questioning everything at this level you know that questioning pressure and release <laughs> yeah, already I felt completely understand. <laughs> like I would have already felt like I was questioning everything like I felt like I was questioning everything by questioning pressure and force and um control in that way but now like yeah the cycle is just it's natural it's like this unfolding and this continuation that I love to see in you so much and I'm really um, intrigued to see in myself too because I think it also it gives me this like sense of hope that things aren't just going to we're not going to just get to like an end and then we're going to know everything and you know on some level that sounds great but on another level that sounds really boring and yeah it's I completely feel you (laughs) (laughs) so it's so nice to like know other people who are are thinking about these things um because I I'm so interested and I'm so intrigued by you I'm so intrigued by you oh my gosh (laughs) And this is why, like, oh, I feel you <laughs> talking to you and and uh, yeah, talking to you and hearing about your story and and knowing that this is where you're at has just been. I don't even have the words. It's so like soul filling because I don't feel like I'm at the end of it in any way or that I have it all figured out. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's such a long way to go, and I think that's sort of the beauty of it because. Yeah, you can just keep learning and developing forever. I mean, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. And you know, with the book project, with the book project, I was uh, 
like you know looking back and at what I wrote a year ago I I do know Leono I, I see why I wrote it and I still partly agree with myself people laugh when I say that I agree with myself but <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just the new parts I've been writing on it just makes so much more sense to me from where I'm at now yeah but I I was wondering at one point whether I should just throw the old stuff away or what to do with it but I I realized that I should keep it even if I decide to make it into another project and just put it aside but I still need to allow somebody out there to read it because I as you said I think somebody is not ready for the next step just yet they need to like go through the first part and then proceed onwards yes I I really agree with that and I think you should keep it because yeah that's what I've been feeling with a lot of my work too is that there is an importance and a significance of these different places that we get to and your work in that book could be life-changing or eye-opening for a lot of people so I definitely think you should keep it and then just keep working yeah keep going forward that's what I've decided upon as well (laughs) (laughs) oh man um it's been so wonderful talking to you I love what you're doing and I feel so inspired and uh I'm really happy we can talk and connect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me too. It has been a pleasure. And I just, you know, I was kind of surprised when I saw what time it was because I, I feel like even though we've been talking a lot, I still feel like we've only touched like the surface of everything. So yeah, I just could keep going on for hours. <laughs> I know. Me too. And so yeah. we're just going to have to do more episodes. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah, keep that talking. That must be the solution. It's a solution. <laughs> and you need to come visit me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I so need to do that once. I really want to come visit you at your new place. Thank you again so, so, so much for being on. And if people want to find you and your horses and your work, where can they look you up? So I am mostly active on my Instagram account. It's called Sophie's Horse Tales. And I do have a Facebook page of the same name and a website called sophieshorsetales.com as well and you know I'm not I'm, I'm mainly active on my Instagram and a bit on my Facebook page as well so that would be the best way to find me yeah and people you all really should go look her up because her Instagram is pretty phenomenal and full of uh, just such wisdom and overall amazingness and I love oh, it. Thank you, girl. <laughs> I feel so honored. <laughs> thank you, everyone, again, for listening to this episode. If you liked it and you feel like rating or subscribing or leaving a review on iTunes or hopefully now, I don't think you can do that on Spotify, but but I, I hope we're on Spotify now. Um, yeah, it's so appreciated and uh, really makes my day and helps the podcast out. So yeah, thanks, everyone. And I'll see you next week. Bye.